you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Uh, Sherry B. and J. Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. I uh, want to remind you that you can always get this show in a podcast form. Uh, you can listen whenever you have the time to listen. Mm-hmm. Do we have any other announcements? Well, follow us you know, on Facebook and YouTube if you want to see the live broadcast. Also, we have a, a challenge coming up for the children. That, that's coming up. So if you follow us on Facebook, you'll be able to see that. I think it's going to be a good kids. one. Huh? Man, I'm I'm nervous yeah. about this one. You really? I'm nervous. Well, I just I, I mean, think initially they they're going to be like, oh, but oh, man, you know, I, we get to see who's brave. <laughs> we really get to see who's brave. I, I think, and and I'm I'm pleased to to notice with them that there's no one person who sort of like um, is guaranteed to be the brave bravest mm-hmm. um because the first time you know gabby came out on top with the being willing to try the cottage cheese yes and so that was really good i was very proud of her she, willed she her wanted way to that. she really did i mean she worked so hard you gotta you gotta see the video it's um anyway um <laughs> and some some points uh some parts very painful to watch yeah but she made it um and then mariah came out the next time that we did it um, with the apple cider vinegar, yes, and um, the potted uh, meat. Which when uh, I was growing up, it was just potty meat, which uh, sounds really bad. <laughs> potty meat, that, but it, it never yeah, occurred to bad. me that it sounds really bad. Potty meat, like yeah, I mean, it just sounds good. like not something you should be consuming. Exactly. Um, and so anyway, but Mariah won with with that. Man, JD's. It's um, his turn. It's his time. You think this is his moment? <laughs> hey, I'm just. I'm I just mean, not sure. You got to step up to the plate, man. This is it. This yeah. is it. I'm not I'm huh? not sure that he'll get it. Um I'm well, pulling for him, of course, you know, but I just don't know this could be his time. This, this is, could be his time. This is time um, right now. With food <laughs> and tasting things, my expectations are not very high for JD for a number of reasons. He has a very weak kind of stomach. Uh you know, even just visually if something doesn't look good, he's like mm, not even. No. You know, he doesn't he right. doesn't he's not he's not willing. Yeah. You know, to extend himself in that way. And then also he's a reader. So that includes things like reading ingredients and, you know, reading. Right. He like, wants you know, to I mean, send it. Like, he what wants is that? To know. What, and I'm this? like, what kid ever really asks? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You just eat stuff. You don't know. So anyway, we'll see. This one's coming up, though. So keep watching for it. We'll make sure that all of our uh, listeners know. Um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. I really, really appreciate Jay Warner Wallace. And, and I, yes. I feel like he's made such an impact um, I guess just on our our family, but on our kids in particular, um, just being such a skillful um, apologist and uh, really wetting their appetite for investigation and just being able to stand flat footed on the evidence for the faith that the gospel, that uh, what Jesus taught, what he said about himself um, is evidentially true. That's so impactful. And it's something that um, 
I pray is with them for the rest of their life. Mm. I mean, just such a uh, great way to fortify their faith. He joined us yesterday to talk about his most recent book, uh, Person of Interest, and uh, I am enjoying it. I'm enjoying it greatly. Mm-hmm. And I, as with anything, it's like when you're sitting next to someone at a table and you're like, man, this is good. You, what, you say you want to try this because <laughs> you just want people to enjoy it with you. Right. Right. So uh, Jay Warner Wallace was kind enough to give us two books to give away. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that today. Now, listen, we're going to do that today over the phone, but we're also going to do that in the live stream. So our brother Jeff, I, I don't know how this works because there's a couple different places where it's streaming. Um, I was thinking through the Facebook stream that the first person who would write in, I'm interested. See what I did there, person of interest? Mm. The first person to respond, I'm interested, you will get a copy of Person of Interest uh, written by Jay Warner Wallace, who was our guest yesterday. If you heard that conversation, hopefully you found it as intriguing as I did. Man, just so much information. Uh, but we want to give you one of those books uh, via the live stream. So you just got to be the first person to write, I'm interested. And um, J-Mac is going to watch for that. And then he'll he'll ask you for your information and we will get that book out to you. And then if you're listening and you're used to calling in, then caller number 10. Caller number 10 will get a copy of the book at 888. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Are they already calling yeah, it's in? A, it lit up. <laughs> eight eight so eight. The first person. Five eight nine. Oh, did she already take the, the call? No, no, the chat, the uh, Facebook. Oh, okay. Like okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's the number if you want to call. Number 10. Call at number 10 at 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Um, I will tell you, I'm still at the beginning of this book. and But, man, I just, you're going to love it. You are going to appreciate this book. I, I was telling Will the Great um, yesterday that one of the things that uh, – really has been um, such a joy for me is that it blends together all of the things that intrigue me just as a person, just individually, it blends together all the things that intrigue me. So history, right? Like mm-hmm. that's in the book. And <laughs> and then the intrigue of like a whodunit and, and evidence and, and all of this, it's, oh my goodness, it's so good guys. It really is. And so as with anything that is so good that I'm enjoying, if we have extra to give away, then we want to do that. So if you're uh, watching the live stream and you're the first person to write, I'm interested, you get a copy. And if you are listening and you called in, call number 10 at 888-589-8840, you get a copy. Um, I would offer the third copy, but I don't want to. So, <laughs> But it's already <laughs> spoken for, right? So, I mean, I've already started taking notes in that you, bad boy. Yeah, you like, there's no way. and everything else. Unless somebody wants my scribbled up notes and somebody my margins and the things like, I... Somebody probably give me that one. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> not I'm not going to do it. So um, we're going to so, need their so addresses, even for, for the person that selected um, via Facebook as well. So we're going to try to get that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll contact you because it'll probably have to be like a messaging thing yes. where you will get J-Mac a message yeah, don't and put your uh, put your, don't put your address the, out there on the Front chat. Street. <laughs> don't, do, don't put it on Front Street, okay? Um, yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Um, but anyway, you get your, your uh, email address, or not email address, you get your mailing address and uh, J-Mac will send you that book. Yeah, we'll get that book out to you. I'm, I think you're, I'm so curious. I think you're going to love it. Um, all right, so today... Today, we are going to talk about um, what's up there on top of the list, uh, children. Yes. And we're going to talk specifically about taming your child's tongue. Ooh. Somebody said, well, what about mine? Well, I mean, <laughs> we could do <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> we could do a show on that. 
um, probably <laughs> in the weeks to come. But today we are going to talk specifically um, uh, taming your child's tongue and how we deal with the rearing of our children. And um, Ginger Hubbard is going to join us to discuss that. But before we get her on, one of the things I wanted to do was kind of just kind of get into that conversation just a little bit in the things that we notice about our children. And we notice even how their personalities require uh, different things of us. Have you noticed this? Now we we've got six, so we've got, mm-hmm. I think um, every personality type in the world yeah, represented. Much. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> pretty much. Somebody says, I mean, well, have you got, we, we, <laughs> we probably got something close. Um, but I've noticed that, um, at least for me, and I'm wondering if you've observed this as well, that mm-hmm. your parenting style has to change based on the personality of the kid. Now, you don't relax the standard of God's word, right? Right. As we are compelled to discipline. But have you noticed that mm-hmm. you've got to take a different approach yeah. uh, in a way because of the child's personality type, maybe even in the way they do or don't communicate? Yeah, I think I think one of the blessings um, is that you see yourself in them too. So yes. it helps you to parent and correct, you know, because you're, you're like, um, man, that's me. Mm-hmm. So it gives you an outlook of like, you know, some grace, yes. but also it gives you some insight in how to address certain things, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and I, that's the beauty of the way that God has set this thing up. You know, you yes. have your children and they have some of you, some of your spouse, you know. And so when it comes to having to address things, you're familiar because you you, de- <laughs> you dealt with the same stuff. You know, so, yeah, yeah, but I think there is a difference from child to child. You know, um, my mom, I I remember her telling me uh, as far as when she grew up, her dad just had to raise his voice a little bit and she she was straight. Mm -hmm. But her brothers needed like (laughs) whippings, you know, like there are certain children that may not need as much. Yeah. But then you have the the other ones who are like, man, you got to stay on top of them. You know, they have to feel the pain, you know, in in, in, the, in, a, in a biblical way. I'm not talking about abuse or anything like that. No, absolutely you know, not. Not, not uh, sparing the rod type thing. Right, right. But there's others that you can talk with and, and, and you know, get through to them mm-hmm. by conversation and they get mm-hmm. it. And yep. then others is like a hard yep. head it makes us you all have, behind. <laughs> you love that, don't you? Uh, you hey. stick with that. Yeah. Um, but, but it's so true, you know, and I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about our five-year-old, how he and Mariah are very similar. And so I almost feel like um, sort of a, a, a repeat of the, the those um, post-toddler, pre-teen kind of years. You know what I mean? Like where it's, it's the four, five, six, seven, where they really are learning the English language mm-hmm. and they're learning what the English language can do. But at the same time, their minds and their brains... Um, are not yet sanctified, mm. right? So they understand things in a way that is um, more mature than, say, you know, the toddler. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, they don't understand consequences like, say, a preteen. You, you know what I mean? So yeah. they will say things, these little four and five and six-year-olds, <laughs> that you're just like, like, for example, and this is on the milder side, but for example, I was uh, talking to Sam Witt. Uh, maybe like a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said, which sometimes he will say, he calls me mom. <laughs> Is that bad? 
I, I mean, feel that's, like he's that's... not old enough for that yet. It, uh-huh. But it speaks to me of his personality. Like, okay. I, I feel like if you're five, I'm still mommy. I feel like. But maybe that's just Man, me overthinking it. I'm, he calls you dad, too. I don't know if you noticed that. But you, I, I, yeah, I, I, you don't. Care. Okay, okay. So, so, so I don't. I, <laughs> I mean, don't I'm see fine. That as a, a, you know, I just any... feel like it's a, uh, it's a maturity thing. Ah. You know, like I'm just like kid. Where's where <laughs> where's the other M and Y? Like I just don't understand. But it, it's fine. So he says to me a couple of weeks ago. He says, he says, okay, mom, I'm going outside. And so I, <laughs> you remember this. And so I said, are you asking, asking me? me? Yeah. Or are you telling me? He's informing you that. Yeah. And he said, and he said, telling with a question. <laughs> so it's like he was he was kind of trying to see if he would be able to get away with that. And mm-hmm. and and I value the honesty, right? I value him like not trying to cover that up right. and turn it into a to an ask when really that he was telling me that he was going outside, but it speaks to the larger issue in the shaping of like, okay, there was authority in this house. You're not it Mm. right. You have to ask. And so he said, telling. And so I said, no, no, you Mm. don't tell you ask permission. You ask whether or not you go outside. Mm -hmm. And then, and I don't know if parents have experienced this before, but then um, in a strong willed child, there is that silent standoff. And what is that silent standoff? That silent standoff is a, a, a child who is, as Dr. Kathy Cook says, it, uh, people smart. Mm. Okay. They understand immediately that you've just given them a directive that, they ex- that, that you expect them to follow. Yeah. But at the same time, they're strong-willed. And so what are they not going to do? They're not going to bend unless they have to. Mm-hmm. So they want to make you double back to it and they want to force you to make them request. Right. So so there's a silent moment. So a child who is a little bit um, more on the compliance side would, first of all, would have asked. Yeah. Second of all, if they didn't, then when you corrected them, they would immediately respond with that correction. Oh, may I go outside? That's what they would say. But a strong willed child will hear the correction and then not repeat it on purpose because mm. you're not the boss of me. Mm. And so what are they doing? They're, they're like trying to make you <laughs> oh, like make you kind of cower a little bit, which is to, to repeat the question. Yeah. Ask me, may I go outside? <laughs> which is what I had to do. And then Man. so then the answer is no, just wait a few minutes. Right. No, you go sit down. You just wait a few minutes because there's constantly like this tug and this war over that strong will. You don't want to break it. You don't want to break it, but you absolutely want to shape it for the glory of God. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Uh, we appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Mercy Me, best news ever. What you laughing um, at? Uh, well, I'm just laughing. You know, there's always a fine line that you walk when, when you work in broadcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because you can't, like, tell all of your kids personal business. You just can't. <laughs> so you got to find ways to um, 
ask questions mm -hmm. that will not identify them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the person who stands up and says, hey, I have a friend who, um, you know, because <laughs> yes. you, you just want to. But I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at the different like the ways that we are going to tame our kids tongues and, and looking at the things that, you know, that <laughs> things that come from them. Mm hmm. And first, let me just say this before I introduce Ginger. Ginger, I know you're there. I'm going to give you a formal introduction here. But let me just tell you, some of the specific topics that I want you to tackle today do not have anything to do with my specific situation. <laughs> okay. I just need you to know I'm asking questions for the other parents That's listening. Right. Okay. So when I want you to talk about like, you know, arguing and yelling and, you know, bickering, um, you know, bragging and manipulating <laughs> and interrupting and complaining. It's not because any <laughs> of our kids children. do that. That's we right. have six very perfect children. <laughs> all right. And so I just want you to know that these questions will be specific um, to other people who are listening. <laughs> all right. So those are just the ground rules. Ginger Hubbard joins us now. She's the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three. Mm, man, <laughs> I do that every night. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> It's time to anyway, go to bed. One. I told you this is not you. This is not specific to us. Uh, that's All right. true. Okay. Yeah. Wise words for moms, and I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> uh, she speaks at women's uh, yeah. events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. She also co-hosts the Parenting with Ginger Hubbard podcast, and you can check that out. Um, also, you can learn more about Ginger by going to her website, gingerhubbard.com. Gingerhubbard.com. Um, Ginger. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, please. Oh, well, first, thank you so much for having me on, Miki. I just love the ministry work that you guys are doing. So it's oh, such an honor you. to get to be on your show and encourage your listeners. Uh, I am obviously Ginger Hubbard. I've got four kids. Actually, I have two that are mine. And then I married Ronnie Hubbard 10 years ago, and he came as a package deal with two boys. So go. I have two stepsons. So between the two of us, we have four kids all in their 20s. And I've been speaking and writing for over 20 years now. And my favorite thing in the whole world to do is encourage parents to reach the hearts of their kids. Well, I bet mm -hmm. you never have a drought of that. I mean, I, I just think that that, you know, parents, we that's our aim, right? Like we are looking at our children and we are so invested. We believe that the Lord has entrusted um, these little people to us. And, and I think so many parents would echo this sentiment. We're like, oh, we don't want to mess them up. Lord, help us. We don't want to mess them up. Um, so maybe sometimes we're even just a little bit paralyzed. Let's get into talking about um, specifically as we talk about parenting and we talk about discipline and even the parent as the authority in the home. Um, what are some of those characteristics in our children that we see um, manifesting that maybe sometimes paralyzes parents that they kind of take a step back from because they're just not sure how to deal with that specific to um, what comes from our children's mouths? Well, I've actually listened to parents all over the country express their heartache over their inability to tame the tongues of their children. Mm -hmm. And I just hear them talking about, you know, saying things like I've read the books, I've tried the advice, but I'm just so frustrated because it just doesn't seem like anything is working. And so what I try to do, Mickey, is come alongside those parents and expose some of the faulty child training methods, which fail to reach the heart mm -hmm. and equip parents with biblical principles and then provide them with sort of a toolbox full of illustrations and examples for implementing those principles in a practical way. Because, I mean, you guys know as well as I do, there are plenty of really awesome parenting books out there that focus on what the Bible says about parenting. And 
so many of them are chock full of scripture that are helpful in parenting. But what I have found in listening to all of these parents struggle with these tongue related issues with their kids is that Mm -hmm. very few of those books offer the information that parents need most, which is how to practically apply those scriptures to those tongue related struggles. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that that's probably the frustration with um, I, that most parents would express right ongoingly is that we we go, I'm I'm reading the word of God and, and I believe the word is good and right and true. But then you're looking for that specific verse that um, kind of lists your kid's specific like situation, like your kid just said that and you're searching. You're like in, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth Thessalonians looking to find that one instance <laughs> where this is what my kid just did and this is how I need to handle it. Give us an example of the type of practical application that you have in the book um, with specifics. OK, so I'm just going to throw this out. Let's say you've got a kid that is a tattler. First of all, Ginger, I have to tell you, I was kind of surprised that tattling was in the book because I thought of tattling more as like an annoyance and not something that you really need to um, tame as far as this is going to have far reaching uh, consequences if we don't get this under control. Kind of talk about that a little bit. Okay. Well, and that's a good one to talk about because my daughter, um, actually, I do tell all of their personal business, <laughs> but they are adults now and they kind of yeah. view it as uh, their claim to fame that I talk about them. It's so, But they're, they're so kind to let me tell illustrations and examples of when they were growing up. And so Alex, my daughter, she was one that really struggled with tattling. And I remember one time, uh, well, we have this creek behind our house um, and my kids knew that they were not allowed to play in the creek unless I was out there with them, just obviously Mm. for safety reasons. Mm -hmm. And so I remember one day I was in the kitchen and Alex comes running into the kitchen and she says, mom, you said we're not allowed to be in the creek and Wesley is down there catching tadpoles in it. Now, Alex (laughs) is my very dramatic child. She's actually uh, a theater major. She's in film now. So she's making a living, getting paid for all this (laughs) drama now, which is fantastic. I didn't know that it would pay off so well. And so anyway, but because she was so dramatic, I could always tell exactly what she was thinking just because she had so much expression. Mm -hmm. So I could tell just by the expression on her face that she was thinking, so what are you going to do about it and can I watch (laughs) and so she had this problem with with wanting to get her brother in trouble and so I always (laughs) like to start with heart probing questions because really we can't judge the motive of our kids hearts Mm -hmm. but we can ask heart probing questions to help them sort of get past that our behavior and figure out what is the root sin that's driving that behavior. We can mm, ask those heart probing questions. And, you know, think about it. That's what Jesus did. When somebody yes. did something wrong in scripture, he didn't point his finger in their face and say, this is what you did wrong. And this is what you should have done instead. Jesus often used heart probing questions. That's and in so order good. for the people to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves because Jesus was a skilled heart prober. He knew how to ask those questions in such a way that the people would have to take their focus off of the circumstances and situations going on around them and onto that sin in their own heart. So we want to follow that example that Christ set. So I asked her a very simple heart probing question because she was really little. And I just said, honey, could it be that you are delighting in Mm. getting your brother in trouble? Mm. Now, she looked as if she were considering that question and leaning toward the yes end of it. And so I reminded her about uh, that verse in Proverbs. I think it's Proverbs 17, 5, that says, he 
yeah, Proverbs 17, 5, I'm looking up right now, says, whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. Or another Mm. version says, whoever rejoices in calamity will not go unpunished. Now, she's a little girl. Calamity is a big word. So I'm going (laughs) to word it in a way that she can understand. I might say something like, honey, if you are delighting and getting your brother in trouble, then you will get in trouble because that's not right in your Mm. heart for you to take joy in seeing your brother get in trouble. And so then uh, another heart probing question might be something like, honey, rather than tattling, how could you have spurred him on toward what's right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was really also when Wesley would aggravate her, I'd love to give scenarios about that because kids, Mm -hmm. siblings love to aggravate the other. Alex was my tattletale. Wesley was my aggravator. (laughs) And so, um, but, you know, think about that when she came into the kitchen and was tattling on her brother for, for uh, being in the Creek. Mm -hmm. I remember that particular day I was really stressed out. I don't remember about what, but I was emotional. Something was going on. (laughs) And, And a lot of times when I would be emotional or stressed or in the heat of the moment, I would find myself not relying on my words. I mean, not relying on God's words and God's wisdom, Mm -hmm. but my own. And that never turned out well for any of us. So I like to have like, and that's what I have in my wise words for moms chart. It's basically a quick reference flip chart that I created for myself, for my kids, for when my sweet little angels grew horns and I was at a loss for words. (laughs) And just having that well thought out plan and those Bible verses and some suggested heart probing questions right there in front of me, it really helped me to have more self-control and to point my children to their need for Jesus and the word of God um, to help them to respond in Christ-like ways. And so, you know, because think about it, it's hard to scream the word of God at them. (laughs) (laughs) So so it just helps Mm. us to be a little bit more accountable. So that, it just, it really helped me tremendously. Uh, Moms that have this usually say that they'll uh, like put punch holes in it and have it hanging in their kitchen or, or somewhere in their house and use it as a cheat sheet uh, Mm -hmm. for for when they need it. And so really, I shouldn't even take credit for it because it's not even something I've really written. I just basically sat down and did the homework for parents. And so that's why they Mm. call it a cheat sheet. So anyway, so back to tattling. Uh, you know, the step step one that I always encourage is to ask those heart probing questions, because again, yeah. that helps children take ownership for the sin that's in their heart, which is the first step for helping them recognize their need for Jesus. So heart probing questions. And then step steps two and three are based on the Ephesians verse that says we're to put off our old self and put mm-hmm. on our new self. And so we always want to remember it's never enough to train our children in what not to do. That's just going to exasperate them. We always want to take it a step further and teach them what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says that when we're tempted, God always provides us with a means of escape. He always gives us a way out. So when we train our children what not to do, but fail to train them in what to do, we're going to exasperate them because we're not providing them with that way out. We're not giving them that means of escape. Mm-hmm. And according to the scripture, that sort of neglect can provoke them to anger. Wow. So uh, the heart probing questions and then what to put off. So with tattling, of course, they want to put off tail bearing. And I've already uh, given that verse in Proverbs mm-hmm. 17, 5. And then what are they to put on? They're to put on encouragement. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10, 24 says that we're to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So mm-hmm. if you have siblings that are tattling on one another, you know, don't just tell them what they should have done have them actually go back and do it. So say you got two brothers and one of them's jumping on the bed and and the other comes and tattles, have them go back to the scene of the crime where (laughs) the child first started jumping on the bed and, and and have that child encourage the other one, Mm -hmm. you know, 
whatever they want to say is fine. It, it, you shouldn't be jumping on the bed because dad says uh, mm -hmm. we might get hurt. So you better get down. Or, or mom says that there's going to be a consequence if we jump on the bed. So you better get down. I don't want you to get in trouble. Anything along those lines would be great. But have them go back and do it. That way we're having them practice that biblical alternative to the sinful behavior, yes. which is going to equip them to respond uh, more wi with, in, in wiser ways in the future. You know, Ginger, I am so glad that you just broke that down because I got to tell you, you know, over the years, um, there's always been sort of a conflict for me as it pertains to tattling. Because on the one hand, I'm kind of like, well, if they're misbehaving, I, I want to know. You know, I, I don't want them to just be misbehaving and then you're there and you see this going on and, and you don't say something. But I what I love about what you just explained is that drilling down to the heart, that it's not just being a witness. It's not just, you know, saying, hey, this is going on and, and I'm concerned. It is that inward heart desire that is like, mm, this is juicy. <laughs> and somebody's going to go down today. And again, can I watch, you know? And mm -hmm. I think it's also appropriate, too, that we um, are able to recognize that when we ask these questions, uh, we can actually get to the root. Like, what is it that our kid really wants out of this? Because so often I think what parents might do, maybe like, let's not say it's a situation where the kid is tattling. Let's say it's a different situation where maybe the kid is manipulating, and this might be a great shift here. Maybe the, the, the kid is trying to control a situation. The parent has a sense of this, Ginger. Like, we can feel it. We, we, we know that this is going on. But again, the point that you just made earlier is that, well, we can't judge their heart, right? But we can right. ask questions to get to the root of it, to get mm. to their heart, and maybe even have them search themselves I would imagine that that would be the place that we need to start in each of these situations. Right. We always want to start with the heart and manipulation. First of all, let me say one more thing about tattling while I'm thinking sure. about it, though. I do have a side note in there that children obviously should be taught to come immediately to the parent if one child mm -hmm. is endangering himself or endangering someone else or destroying property. So there are yeah. exceptions to that rule that our kids need to know. Come to me immediately for things like that. Or if you're uncomfortable, if someone has made you uncomfortable in some yes. way, you need to come Very tell good. me immediately. So we want to talk through that. There's, you know, pretty much exceptions to to most rules in some way. So we want to clarify those things to our kids. But you're right, Mickey, you can totally tell the difference. God gives us that sense of discernment. Yeah, we can totally tell the difference in a child who is coming to us out of genuine concern versus the child that's coming because they're getting this sort of sick twisted kick of seeing their sibling get in trouble. Oh, so we've got that discernment. And, and, you know, and the Lord tells us too in James 1, 5, that when we ask him for wisdom, he promises that he will give it to us. Mm -hmm. And so manipulating, that's a really tricky one uh, because sometimes it can really uh, be hard to detect. But manipulation usually with younger ch children it is when they do things like cry or whine or beg or throw temper tantrums to mm -hmm. attain whatever it is they want. And when mm -hmm. they do that, they're acting foolishly, according to the scriptures. And when parents reward that child's sinful attempt for personal gain by giving in to what they want, we are responding foolishly. And mm -hmm. so that's what manipulation a lot of times looks like with younger children. And then with older children, they may accuse criticize, pout, ask why questions. Uh, and I mean the kind of why questions that are about gaining control more than yes. genuine curiosity. And yeah. when they do that, they're 
they're acting foolishly. And when we yeah. respond by giving into that, by defending ourselves or justifying our actions, yeah. uh, then we're responding foolishly. Let me do this, Ginger. Let us grab this break and we'll come right back. Ginger Hubbard is our guest. Aaron the Addison, stay right there. Our Father, which art in heaven, yeah, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's the Walls Group with The Prayer. And uh, Miki, I want to mention, yeah. and I want people to block off in their calendar July 7th through the 9th. Yes. July 7th through the 9th of 2022. It's our Marriage Family Life Conference that's yes. coming back. Hey, it's going to be a great time. And we're going to have the pleasure of having Miss Ginger to, yeah, to be one of the keynote speakers. And so you're mm-hmm. hearing her today, but she has so much information and so much uh, knowledge for us parents, man. And I think it's going to be a, a tremendous blessing. Ginger hasn't agreed to this yet, but we will raffle off a lunch date with her and you and your family. I'm kidding. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love that. Where she <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Oh, and some parent just went, you don't know. No, you don't want that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but it's it's so encouraging. One of the things that I love about what you've done, Ginger, is that you have saturated um, your communication and your wisdom uh, with scripture. Amen. You have, you've taken those experiences and you have made that something workable for parents, but you've not just acted on your own experience or written on your own experience. You've taken the word of God and you've saturated your book with the word of God. And, and I love that so much because even as you're reading this, it's so convicting. Like it is when you think you're doing all that you can do, right? You read it and you go, oh, I can do that better you know because one of the things that I think happens in parenting and I'm going to get you to speak to this here um one of the things that happens is that if we are caught in a moment where our kid does something that really uh frustrates us our tendency is to kind of fall back on that what almost becomes like an innate response you know where Mm. it's just like and you're like I can't believe (laughs) just you know Mm -hmm. But really, it takes self-control and it takes understanding what is at stake. And if we're really trying to shape and rear kids for the glory of God, then it's not about our individual inconvenience, but it really is about what brings glory to God. That's right. It is. And, you know, and we're all shocked a lot of times. That's why I came up with the title for that book. I can't believe you just said that. Because when my (laughs) kids were little, I remember being shocked by some of the things that would come out of their mouths, whether it was whining or uh, tattling like we were just talking back or whatever. I would typically ask that question, why do you act like that? Mm. But after, and that's just relying on my own strength. That's the kind of questions we ask when we're in the flesh. But after a closer look at the word of God, Mickey, I realized I was asking the wrong question. Mm. In Matthew 12, 34, Jesus explained for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In other words, there's merit to that old saying, what's down in the well comes Mm. up in the bucket. (laughs) Our sin does not begin with our mouths. It begins with our hearts. The sin that shows up in our words comes from inside us. And Mm. it starts a whole lot sooner than we might think. King David proclaimed, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So when parents truly grasp the origin of sin and just the total depravity of the human Mm -hmm. race in general, we no longer question why our children sin. So I slowly learned to stop asking, why does my child sin? And instead, I begin to ask myself, 
when my child sins, how might I point him to the fact that he is a sinner just like I am in Mm. need of a savior? How might I help him understand and live in that transformational power of Christ? Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Okay. There are a couple different places I want to go and because I feel like the time is just running out (laughs) on us already. Um, Okay. So I want to zoom out and I want to look big picture, and then I want to go back and ask a specific question. I don't even know that I'm going to have time to do all of it, but let's let's zoom out and let's look big picture. We have discussed on this show before, uh, Ginger, um, the lack of authority in American homes, and we see this spilling out everywhere. I, I really believe that some of the interactions that we see between law enforcement and citizens, and, and I, I think that some of that uh, is the result of generations of a loss of discipline and loss of respect for authority. And it starts in the home. Um, Is this something that you believe there is a connection to? Like, are are these two things connected? Absolutely. I mean, basically, you know, we are, we now are facing an epidemic of undisciplined children who have no filter on the things they say, no respect Mm -hmm. for authority. And, you know, how have we, how is our nation reach this point in our parenting? Well, I believe that that reason is twofold. We live in a nation that defies God at every point. You guys know that as well Mm. as I do, including child training. Mm. And it's not that parents don't desire obedience and respect from their children. Of course, I would dare to say all parents desire to raise obedient, respectful children. But many parents fail to achieve those results these days. And again, I believe that reason is twofold. I think the first problem is that so many parents in an attempt to get their children to obey and show that verbal respect have adopted faulty child training methods, which basically focus only on the outward behaviors of their children, but they fail to reach their hearts. So many parents have developed this philosophy that if they can get their children to act right, to behave, that Mm -hmm. they're raising them the right way. But there Mm. is far more to parenting than getting our children to act right. We have to get them to think right and to be motivated out of a love for God, a love of virtue, a love for what's right, rather than a fear of punishment. Mm -hmm. So failure to reach their heart is the first problem. And I think the second problem is that parents are just not following the instructions in the instruction manual. (laughs) I once heard Royal Lesson compare, I love this illustration, he compared God's instructions instructions for parents to an owner's manual for a new appliance. Mm. When you buy a new appliance, (laughs) think about it. The manufacturer provides you with an instruction manual, tells you how to use the appliance and how to keep it in the best working order. And if something goes wrong, the customer is encouraged to contact the manufacturer for repairs. It's the same with families. The family was God's idea. He Mm. brought it into being. And in the Bible, he has provided us with instructions for how it operates best. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. That is so good. And and it's so true. And but I I think, and we kind of addressed this in the in the last segment, I think one of the obstacles to going back to the manual is that we think, well, I don't know if this is gonna I don't know if this applies to my appliance. You know what I mean? Like you're like My toaster is doing this. Is that in the manual? And and I think that what we find as we go back to the manual, and certainly you've done this in the book, uh, is that yes, it does. Because look, if the Bible says, and as it does, that we have everything we need that pertains to life and godliness, that means that the situations that we face with our children are addressed and that there's a heart issue there. It may not specifically say... Um, your child has just done this, mm-hmm. but we know that humans who are flawed and marred by sin all tend to act in similar ways. And so here you have these children who are marred by sin 
acting in the ways that people who are marred by sin act. I want to look specifically at um, another topic here. Uh, interruptions. Now, again, oh, that's a I, good one. Oh, Ginger, that's a really good one. You know, that is something. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I got no, a lot no, to say no, about no. That. I just, I only, I only wanted to make sure you knew that that's not something that I deal with. That's <laughs> so, so you your feel free to pour out your heart. Things. They do not interrupt. Go ahead. Well, it's funny because you were talking about you know, the way that we respond. And I think all of us have different issues that push our buttons. And for me, you just, that pushes my button. When, when I would, when my (laughs) kids would interrupt me, when I would be talking to another adult, that was the thing that really got under my skin. I think it's because I homeschooled both of my kids. Yes. And so I was with them all day long, talking to the little people all day long. So when I finally got a chance to talk to another adult, please stop interrupting me. And so that was one that really got under my skin. So we talked a little bit earlier, Mickey, about, um, always providing our children with a means of escape. So one Mm -hmm. very simple solution, and I totally did not come up with this. I read about it in some parenting book somewhere. I can't take credit for it. I wish I could remember where I read it. But what I did with my kids is instead of rudely interrupting, well, first I would start with the heart probing questions because we Mm -hmm. always want to do that. So I might say, honey, um, are are you thinking of yourself or others when you interrupt? Is it Hmm. kind or rude for you to interrupt me when I'm talking with someone else? And that just helps him to think about what they're doing. Am I thinking about myself? Is this being rude? Yes, it is. And when and let me say this too. When we ask our kids those heart-probing questions, sometimes they don't answer. And don't get into a power struggle if they don't answer. They're still pondering that question in their heart, and they're answering it in their heart. But instead of getting into a power struggle, just answer for them. No, sweetie, you're not thinking about others. You're thinking about yourself. And it's rude for you to interrupt when two people are talking. So... Then we want to provide them with that means of escape. So with my kids, I just implemented a very simple, handy tool that kept them from being exasperated. My kids knew, and we practiced this in times Mm -hmm. of (laughs) non-conflict, they knew that when they wanted to say something just to place their hand on my arm or my leg and just wait for me to give them permission to speak. And we had talked about that and practiced that so much that they knew when they put their hand on me, what that basically was saying was, mom. I want to say something, but I don't want to be rude. And Mm, just as soon as there was a pause, because I don't want them to be exasperated. As soon as there would be a pause in that conversation, I would give them permission to speak. Um, Because, you know, after all, when two mommies are talking, it can seem like an eternity before there's a pause (laughs) in that conversation. (laughs) So, yeah, so we want to be respectful. We're asking our kids to respect us in doing that. And we want to show that same respect for them and not make them wait too long and, and give them permission to join in on that conversation and say what, what's on their little hearts to say. That's so good. You know, I, I'm thinking about even um, communication between a husband and, and, and a wife. And, and you think about how like the husband and the wife, the mom and the dad are talking and the kids almost see that, I think, sometimes as like a non-conversation. They're like, surely this is nothing. You know what I mean? Like they're like, surely that that it doesn't matter. It's not like, you know, Mrs. Johnson that you're talking to. It's just daddy. Like it's it's not, you know. And so I'm wondering if you can speak to two things. Number one, what does it say to the kid when we just give in? When we don't um, keep those lines there, we don't keep that, if you will, protocol in place. This is how we um, behave. This is how we carry ourselves. What happens if you just turn to the kid and then how do you have the kid understand that yes it's a familial setting Mm -hmm. um but we still need to show respect when mommy and daddy are speaking as well 
That's right. Because if we don't, if we allow them to constantly interrupt us, that's very child centered. And it's basically making them feel like that they are the center of everybody's universe. Oh. And then they're going to feel they're going <laughs> to grow up uh, as uh, kids who feel entitled. Oh. So there needs to be boundaries in the home. And that's a great way to practice the interruption rule is with mom and dad. And so if they can get it in the home, then they're going to get it outside of the home. But children need to understand that God has placed parents as the authority over them uh, to teach them not to make excuses for what they do. I, I see those as precious opportunities to train them in the ways of the Lord. And so so often in those situations, and like whining, that's another one that can really get oh. under the skin. Mm. <laughs> we see those We see those things as... Um, inconveniences to us, those occasions where we have a tendency to ignore them. And it may seem more convenient for us because after all, it does take time to train them up in the way they should go. Yeah. But to ignore a child who is in need of correction and guidance is to selfishly place our own interest above the interest and the well-being of the child. Ooh. Wow. Ooh, and then on, on the flip side of that, yeah. yeah. And uh-huh. then on the flip side of that, you know, we talk Yikes. about consequences consequences for wrong behavior definitely have their place, but they are not a substitute for training and instructing. Mm. Administering consequences without following through with that righteous training, that only teaches them one thing, that there are consequences for sin. And yeah, that is an important lesson, but an even greater lesson is to help them understand that higher calling of living in ways that are pleasing to God and bring him the glory he deserves. Our purpose in disciplining our children is not to just merely teach them to avoid consequences, Mm -hmm. but to train and instruct them to honor God with their lives. So we want to see those moments, not as inconveniences, but as precious opportunities to train them and point them to their need for Jesus. Oh, that's so good. I'm wondering, I just want to toggle back to the whining um, just for a mm-hmm. second. I'm, I'm wondering if you've done any research on this. I'm, I'm wondering if you could tell us what whining is. I had some thoughts about it. Like I, th- I thought that whining was, you know, them kind of growing into language, right? But then I also have met adults who whine. So I'm thinking, no, (laughs) that's not it. Like, how is this connected to um, sin, if you will? Like, and why does this matter in parenting? Yeah, that's a good question. And also whining is one of those issues where we think, well, the Bible really doesn't say anything about that because you don't find the word whining in the Bible. And so, but Miki, you just said a few minutes ago, you talked about the verse that says God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So some parents may think, well, he doesn't give us what we need for whining because I can't find that anywhere in the scriptures. But that's the whole thing. We have to learn how to get past that outward behavior and figure out what is going on in the heart. And then you better believe God's word addresses it because God is not just concerned with the outward behavior. God is concerned with the heart. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about whining. Uh, again, one of my kids, Alex, of course, <laughs> Wesley had his struggles too. We need to talk about aggravating to be fair to Wesley at some point, <laughs> even if I have to come back on and talk about it, because I feel like I'm hitting Alex here with all of these. But she was the one that really struggled with whining. And so I can relate and sympathize with parents dealing with that annoying verbal offense. And like we just said, the Bible doesn't talk specifically about whining, but it does talk about self-control. And mm. whining is an issue of self-control. So would she would whine in an attempt to get her way or to acquire something she wanted. Um, you want me to just give you guys an example? 
of that? Oh, man, of Ginger, how, I think we got about 30 seconds. I yeah. knew this time was going to just get away ah! from okay. us, I, which means we have to have you back. We're going to have to continue this conversation. Can I? Let me make sure to do this, though, Ginger. GingerHubbard.com, guys. GingerHubbard.com. H-U-B-B-A-R-D. GingerHubbard.com. You're going to want to go check out our website. There are resources there, links where you can get the books and and really take back this position that God has given you, a place of authority in your home. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.